Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones and a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Man, there was a bear bear, all black and brown and covered in hair. Hello, I'm Lot, Lady of Tarth, hyphen posts on Tumblr. I'm joined with Eon. Hi, this is Eon, and you can find me at EonBlueNegative on Tumblr. YD. Hi, this is YD. You can find me at Yellow Delaney on Tumblr. Chicky. Hey, I'm Chicky. Chickren on Tumblr? Jeez, what am I on Tumblr? Chickren, Chickren. <laughs> uh, what are you on? <laughs> and traumas. Hi, my name is Dramas, and you can find me at iHeartDramas on Tumblr. Okay, um, so we're going to discuss Game of Thrones, Season 5, Episode 5, and we are at the halfway point, kids. Can you believe it? Not, couldn't we just, like, talk about the True Detective Season 2 trailer or something instead? <laughs> wouldn't that be more fun? I don't know what that is, but I'll give it a whirl. <laughs> Uh, okay before we get into the meat of things um just your blanket spoiler warning for our podcast we spoil all the things and um we will be discussing um rape in this episode so if that's a trigger uh just a heads up and i just want to start off by saying you guys are no fun (laughs) you keep guessing everything correctly there were a couple things in here i know you have theorized on that have come to fruition so Oh man, yep. I've got to say, this season is being truly telegraphed at every turn. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. it's getting a bit ridiculous. I'm looking, looking forward to some, some, uh, some surprises, hopefully, later on this season. Yeah, it's been pretty surprises predictable. Surprises would be welcome at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, which is funny saying that because this is the season where you're supposed to have surprises. Like, things have gone into mm. total, you know, fan fiction land. Like, why are we predicting everything? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you'd think that we would be getting, well, I mean, I think we probably are maybe getting a few spoilers here and there, but it's hard to really pick them out because we don't know what's invented and what isn't. Mm-hmm. So that's, and at that's this kind point, of... anything could be true because it's so cracky that... It's so cracky <laughs> you'll probably get dramas, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. This is her season. I'm loving it and I'm hating it. Oh, well, we'll get at into that. Time. Let's get into that. Sounds familiar. Okay, so, <laughs> all right, go into the episode. We have um, Grey Worm, and he is alive. Sir Barristan is not. Yay! Wait, why are you cheering for Sir Barristan's death? <laughs> What's no. wrong with you? I was cheering for Grey Worm. I was cheering for Grey Worm. Okay, not for the death of her, her poor Barristan, who has gone to that great tourney in the sky. Uh, Danny is grieving. Aww. Yeah, she uh, wants all the leaders of each household brought to her, and Hisdar is one of them. Um, they are brought down to the Dragon Vault, and one of the men is eaten. Then Danny creepily threatens Hisdar, and <laughs> she kind of like puts her hand on his shoulder and then just like creepily rubs it. That was so weird. Yeah. That was so weird. <laughs> what was that? Intimidation, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Dude, what was it? I mean, like, sexual harassment? I'm not really I sure know, what it was. Sexual <laughs> harassment. She's trying to flirt, but also threaten him at the same time? I don't know. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Maybe she was getting off on it all. It's hard to tell. Maybe she this likes this so power trip. Interesting. I mean, yeah, it, it's... I mean, it's hard to call this a complete departure from Danny of the Books because she does do a little bit of this um, killing innocent people from time to time, but uh, she she isn't quite as directly involved as this. I don't know. This is an interesting scene to me. Um, and all of this scene was made a little bit more difficult for me just because I'm not really sure what Amelia was trying to convey. I don't know if there's supposed to be something really deep going on inside Danny for most of this, and I'm just not picking it up. I don't know. Did you guys... <laughs> I'm feel not, anything or I'm not getting it. I was just confused. She seems so vacant the whole time. <laughs> I was yeah, just kind of, good term. I was just kind of giggling because like the dragons are like, Yay, we get a snack. <laughs> <laughs> the dragons were happy. <laughs> they were happy. They did seem to relish their snack, yes, that's true. That was really gruesome, by the way. That's one of the worst deaths I think we've had to see. 
Yeah, that was pretty. Not I, only set on fire, but then torn in half by the dragons. Yeah. At least they share. True. <laughs> Danny's raised them right there. Share. Do you think they argued over who got the biggest piece? <laughs> I don't want the butt. You take the butt. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right. I think we're good. Does anyone have anything they want to add to this before we move on? No. Um, not really. I mean, just what Chicky was saying in relation to to Daddy and how she seemed to be a little bit more proactive in this episode. Um, I can sort of forgive it as a, a knee-jerk reaction to Barristan's death. I mean, she's kind of angry and distraught and, yeah, then she I kind mean, of... Oh, go ahead, John. I mean, it's also, she even mentions that he was, like, the biggest voice for, uh, you know, mercy and mm-hmm. stuff. And then he and she turns around he's the and, one, yeah. he's the one that gets killed by the people that she's, you know, deciding what she wants to do with. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that she actually says aloud that, you know, I know you guys might be innocent. I'm going to kill you anyway. That was really, yeah. I don't know. Do you think they're trying to pick up on the thing where she takes the hostages? Is is that what they're trying to pick up on? I'm not really sure. But she never kills any of them, right? Yeah, look, no, she doesn't. And she actually comes to, I think, really um, sort of care for the hostages as well. I think the, the young children yeah. that she has in her possession. Yeah, I don't know if that's what they were trying to do. Honestly, I was a little bit perplexed by the writing for Danny in this episode. Um, it seems, I mean, I guess maybe we should just hold off until we get to, to the later, to the later scenes because I think it's more applicable there. Okay. But yeah, she sort of, I was a bit confused by her characterization. I'll just leave it at that for now. Okay, sounds good. Um, so we kind of segue into Sam. Uh, he's in the library and he's um, a reading, I guess, a letter um, about Danny's role in Marine to Maester Eamon. And uh, Maester Eamon is, you know, woeful about a Targaryen alone in the world and then enter Jon Snow. <laughs> this is kind of on the that nose. That was very subtle. Mm-hmm. That was not subtle at all. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was like a neon sign in the doorway. Right. Can I just ask? Who is sending Maester Eamon these Danny updates? Right? Exactly. Maybe he's also tapped into weirwood.net. I I don't know. It, it all gets it all gets a pro Danny slant, if you notice as well, which is interesting. Yeah, like, it kind she, of feels she, like I don't know, there's some yeah. surrounded by enemies. You know, not, yeah, there's yeah. some mutual <laughs> friend sharing intel. I don't know. <laughs> Won't leave until all the people are free and everything. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like okay. Mm. Yeah, I hate it. This scene because it totally it just is seriously killing my Ned and Leanna theory. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, John might not be no, like well, full Stark. That's <laughs> what I'm thinking. <laughs> Bummer. Oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> everything. Mm. Well, this comes to shock a lot. Do you need a moment? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Okay. So, uh, Amen and John speak. Um, he basically tells John to man up. Kill the boy. That's you know what? I know that Mr. Amen was using that as a metaphor, but I actually really think John should take it literally and kill Ollie. Like, do it, John, before it's three days. <laughs> oh, my God. Kill the boy, John. I'm kill you. I think comic has called it. I think she's right. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, I'm almost certain. Yeah. I think Obviously, everyone... Stab, stab. Who didn't yeah, I think, think that, though? <laughs> no, I agree. Dramas <laughs> no, won't let have comma have this one. <laughs> yeah. I can say that the, the kill the boy um, scene in the books, which is actually John thinking back on a conversation he had with Maester Eamon, we don't actually get it in real time was probably one of my favourite parts of, of dance. And I did like this scene. Uh, it didn't resonate with me quite like it did in the books. Obviously, without Eamon's story about Egg, it didn't have as much depth. But I'm still really glad they included it. And I think that Peter Vaughan delivered that line absolutely perfectly. Um, the accompanying music, too. There's a little bit of a, a music started to swell when, when Eamon says, kill the boy and let the man be born. That was I thought that was really beautiful. It actually helped where the lack of backstory hindered for me. It gave me some chills. Well, so, they yeah, gotta, I'm glad they did it. they got to add the bells yeah, and I mean, whistles I for it. Kit. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, they, they do. <laughs> I, I liked it. I mean, you know, it wasn't – it didn't ha- – I agree with you. It didn't have quite the resonance of the book scene. But, I mean, it, it definitely – you know, it was a moment that, yeah. you know, I enjoyed. And I have to say, 
I'm kind of grateful that they kept a show line, or I mean a book line oh in the goodness. show. It's so weird nowadays. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, rather than murder the infants, they kept kill the boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <sighs> okay. I'll be fetching my son. Anyway. <laughs> All right, let's go on to the next bit. It's another John scene, and he's with uh, Tormond. Um, John wants Tormond to bring the remaining free folk back to their side of the wall. Tormond won't do it. John calls him a coward. Tormon rises, and he says, easy thing to do um, to say to a man in chains. John uh, takes them off, and he tells them to make peace to save your people. And uh, they are going to Hardhome, looks like. Mm, look, I I was really disappointed with this scene. Um, firstly, show Tormund seems to have lost his sense of humor. Now... Correct me if I'm wrong, but I seem to recall he did have a sense of humour in one of the previous eps. I don't know if that was one that George wrote, but he did have one. And this is something that's one of Book Tormund's defining characteristics. Like, he's this really charismatic, funny dude. And in this show scene, he's just so serious and, and dare I say, kind of a bore. Um, but that wasn't my, my, well, that wasn't my only well, issue. I, I kind of took it though that Think about it, though. He's been in prison. He This great quest that they were on to get across, conquer the lands, and be able to, like, migrate all the people, they were defeated. Yeah. And then he saw his king get flambéed. Yeah, but it's exactly <laughs> the same as what happens in the books, and Tormund manages to retain his sense of humour there. Like, the John Tormund dynamic in the books is really, really fun to read, and it's... They sort of have a much more nuanced relationship. Like, there these two guys from opposing sides coming together, despite all the shit that's happened that you said, you know, and they realise, you know, maybe we're not on opposing sides anymore, or perhaps they shouldn't be on opposing sides. And there's this really sort of grudging respect between them. You know, John trusts Tormund to, to send him off on his own to recruit the wildlings, and Tormund trusts John enough to actually come back with the wildlings. And I don't know, to me it just felt, this the show scene, it felt really one-dimensional. Like there was no real gravity to it for me. I get yeah. what you mean. I, I agree with you. I think in the books, the John Tormund relationship, you know, Tormund accepts like what John is, who John is, and what John's motives are. And he doesn't fight against them, basically. And that enables him to have a really good sense of humor with John, I feel yeah. like. And, and that is missing here. But you know what else I feel like is missing from this scene? I almost feel like the setup is missing on the show. Um, I just feel like in a weird way, it seems like this hard home thing is coming out of left field. I realize they've yeah. kind of tried to set it up with Stannis telling John he was going to have to deal with the wildlings, but everything to do with this storyline feels a little uh, sudden almost. And I, yeah. I don't know how else to put it. I've been wondering how they were going to approach this hard home thing. And I feel like so, uh, there's just a, there was a stumble somehow in the storytelling. I feel like they needed one other setup in a previous episode or something. I'm, I, you yeah. just, you, it just, I don't know, felt kind of plunked in. Like, and oh, we got to do that. That's like a lot of this season is like that. I feel like Agreed. the writers yeah. know now where they want to go with the story. And I think prior to the season, they hadn't quite decided what they were going to do. And so now they're, like you said, mm-hmm. clunking in these plot lines and yeah. they're not tying it back enough to the previous seasons. It's just like, okay. You know what I feel? I feel like they've got a checklist of main events that they want to include in the story, and they're just not providing the context for it properly. I think it, yeah, absolutely right. It's a lack of setup. I also noticed it a lot with Danny's scenes in this episode. Um, and, you know, just bringing it back to Hard Home for a second, that, <laughs> the reason that, so John's going to Hard Home now too, which we knew from spoilers, but, you know, now that I know the reason behind John going, it makes even less sense to me. I mean, what does Tormund yeah. say? The wildlings need to hear it from the Lord Commander of the Nightwatch. Ah, uh, <laughs> well, no, they do they, need they to hear care it from about? They respect and trust, yeah. like say Tormund. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, that's it, and it, yeah. it makes John look a little bit stupider exactly. given what's going on yeah. with the Nights Watch at the moment that he would even think exactly. about leaving exactly. when they are so entirely not behind this move. I don't. know, Maybe there'll yeah. be something in the next episode to kind of tie this together a little better, but. Yeah. Yeah, it was rough. I don't know, the first four episodes, even though there have been bizarre storylines, they've been ones that I've kind of wanted to go along with. And and this is the first moment where there's a deviation that I'm just kind of like, oh, I don't even know if I can go along with it. And that's so funny because I even kind of semi have rolled with the Winterfell thing. So like, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. This episode was a little bit rough this way. Yeah, yeah. I had a hard time with this really one, too, which is disappointing because we, we were on such a high with it. <laughs> 
I mean, oh god, yeah. such a high. Yeah, it had some redeeming features, I thought. But yeah, overall, yeah. I do think that this was probably the worst, worst episode that we've mm-hmm. seen of the season so far. I concur. I do. Agreed. Hate to say it. I agree. Hmm. Okay, so we go on, and John presents his plan um, to his brothers, and uh, he's met with a lot of opposition. He's argued with um, <laughs> Stannis has a great moment where he corrects uh, one of their grammar, <laughs> the grammar of one, and I'm just thinking, who? who be oh, honest, who thought of comma? <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> imagine Stannis as an English teacher, though. Like, I just had to stop and think about that. You know, he takes one history cricketer. <laughs> He takes one finger each time you incorrectly use an apostrophe. You you realize you're just setting up fan fiction fodder for comma, right? Oh, God. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, God. You made it. You birthed it. Guys, if if there was heart eyes anywhere in this season, Stan is looking at John during the scene. Oh, my God. You're just going to it. Yeah. So John reminds them that they'll be fighting an army of undead um, if they, you know, don't let them through. Ollie says his piece in private to John, and uh, yeah, got bad feeling about this. <laughs> like you said, kill you the know, boy. I've literally, in my notes, I've literally just got John and Ollie stabity stab stab. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Stab it, stab So true. It's so true. true. It's funny and terrifying because it's true. Yep, it's a comment. John needs to take a cue from Jamie Lannister and push him out a window. Kill the boy, John! Kill the boy! Oh, God. We're going to get an email for this. I just need to... Guileandsubterfuge.tumblr.com Usually advocate for the killing of small children, okay? Yeah. It's just kind of our thing. I've made it our thing. It's my thing, now it's your thing. <laughs> All right, I've let's go. True, I blame her. <laughs> okay, so we're going to go to Podrick and Brienne's scene. Um, they're at an inn Yay. overlooking Winterfell. She's got quite a vista. <laughs> Brienne is worried for Sansa. She strikes up a conversation with the innkeep, and uh, she's pretty brazen about telling him that, you know, she needs to get a message to Sansa. And then she Isn't asks him. What's that? Isn't that just Brienne, though? Like, she, yeah, it is. She is like a yeah. sledgehammer, you know. She's no subtlety whatsoever. I'm nope. searching for a highborn maid of three and ten, like, just over and over again to anyone who will listen. Yeah, you're right. It does harken back to that. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I, I, she wants to get a message to Sansa, though, and I'm like, why? What are you, what's your plan? What are you uh-huh. doing? Any theories? I, I, oh, God. I, I'm sorry. So I, I mean, the I thing with Brienne is... Sorry, Chicky, go ahead. The thing with Brienne is, I mean, she, clearly she's, I don't know if this is supposed to be Wintertown. I don't think it's close enough to Winterfell. I don't really know oh, where she is, but she stands out like a sore thumb. She is tall and blonde and a woman and very clearly from the South. And it's like to imagine her just staying incognito this close to Roose Bolton, who totally knows who she is, yeah. just stretches the credulity so far. You're just like, oh God. And you know who like, else fucking stands out is Podrick. Podrick is like Podrick a giant stoplight in that Lannister red. I was like, he's, Still wearing those clothes? <laughs> What's yeah. That's my thing. I was like, is she gonna wear a hat or something? Some sort of disguise? Nope. Nope. Maybe she's just Brienne. A- Maybe she can bring back the antler helmet. <laughs> oh, no, no, not that. Anything but that. Oh god. Not not I'm, I'm really concerned about Brienne. She is so trusting, and I'm concerned that either the innkeeper or the old lady with Sansa are Bolton allies, and this is just some kind of trap. And I, I, know. Know. I thought that too. Yeah. It makes me yeah. nervous. Oh god. Yeah, I don't know. I have no. At this one, I have no it idea would, what they're doing. It would just be. Because it would just be the kind of sick game that Ramsay would want to play. Yeah, it would be really classic misdirection because, I mean, I'd, I guess we all kind of thought about it, but I feel like maybe the casual viewer would kind of take it at face value that Brienne managed to get a message to Sansa. So, I don't know, it seems like something that may happen. Who knows? Who knows? It's hard to know, honestly. Yeah. It's hard to know. It's hard to know, my- Yeah. Sorry, love, go ahead. Okay, we're going to move on to a creepy bedroom full of pasty naked people. <laughs> They're having a conversation. Oh, it's 
Miranda Please and the term too. Yeah, <laughs> Miranda and Ramsey. Uh, Miranda is jealous of Sansa. She alludes that you know maybe I'll get married, and Ramsey gets agitated by this. They kiss. She bites him pretty hard and makes him bleed, and then crazy sex happens. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, okay. So I don't ever want to body shame anyone ever. But this woman has the most weaponized hip bones I have I ever know, seen right? in the entirety exactly. of my life. I was going to say that too. Oh my gosh. I have this. I mean, like, I'm just impressed that she walks around with those things <laughs> like more than anything. It's amazing. They just like, I couldn't take my eyes off them. I watched this scene like three times because I was kept getting lost in the dialogue. <laughs> it's really? the way they I thought you watched the same three times just because it was so hot. <laughs> That's it. Sorry. It was, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm going to get in trouble, but I kind of found oh, it a little. A little bit hot. She's <laughs> into the uh, to the roleplay SM kind of. It's a little rough. Super a little bit of blood. Everyone's having fun. <laughs> Maybe not Miranda. I mean, you kind of have to roll with this. If you're going to roll with the storyline, you just kind of have to roll with this whole Miranda and Ramsey thing um, okay. and kind of take it, I guess, at face value for what it is on the show. I mean, I guess he must care about her. So. Oh, God. Yeah, I was just. Weird, man. It's more possessive. I, I feel like Caring. he's almost letting Miranda steer that relationship. He's actually, you know, she's she's throwing accusations at him about, oh, I thought we were going to get married and this and that. And he's actually taking the time to address her concerns and explain himself, which feels very un ramsey to me. Like, I mean, there was a touch of the menacing there, but it was kind of barely felt. But, yeah, I I, I know what you mean. Like, I'm, I'm happy to accept it as... As yeah, just face value, right? I think what choice? Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming some bad shit happens to Miranda later on. I don't know. We'll see yeah. what happens. Yeah. But you know what? I, I just want to say in relation to the nudity, like as I was watching the scene, I was all set to complain that, of course, Miranda is like standing there fully nude while Ramsey's hidden yeah. under the covers. But then we actually get Ramsey naked too. So, you know. But I didn't see any dick, did you? No, I didn't. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> Mad ass, at least. <laughs> it was almost equal opportunity nudity. <laughs> and it's in the yeah, north. Normal. That's what I was distracted by. I'm like, this is the north. We know it's cold. Why would you just be chilling out by your window like this? <laughs> exactly. Oh, it's Game of Thrones. It's Game of Thrones. Hey, Ned used to do that. Ned, Ned used did, to yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, there goes that. Thanks. <laughs> not a real northerner a lot. I was going to say, they're, they're, the, they're the real northmen. Gotcha. Yeah. All right, let's, let's go on to Sansa scene. Uh, she's chilling in her room when the servant lady comes in with water. And uh, he, she reminds her, you know, you still have friends. And uh, she tells her if she's ever in trouble, to light a candle in the broken tower. Mm-hmm. And then Sansa goes to that. Okay. Yeah. You know what's funny? I got to talk about this old lady for a second. For a completely unrelated reason today, I looked up a gif of old Nan. And this woman has the same hairstyle as old Nan. Are they trying to pretend this is old Nan? Is that what they're trying to do? No. I, I find it weird that Sansa doesn't know this woman who's so loyal to her family. Does that make any sense that she wouldn't remember her from That's her why I'm concerned it might yeah. be Bolton ally. Yeah, yeah me too. Yeah. Because yeah. if it was old Nan, she would have definitely, there would have been more of a, oh my God. A recognition, yeah. I mean, yeah, yes. exactly. But yeah. It, are they trying to pass her off as old Nan is what I'm wondering. I mean, uh, that actor died, so it's I definitely don't not the same so. actor. I don't thing, think but, so. Yeah. I don't, I mean, maybe it wasn't something that I considered. Yeah, I didn't pick up on that either. I don't think they are. Maybe just, yeah. she just has that northern hairstyle that old ladies wear. <laughs> like, it's like in <laughs> with that, that octogenarian. You mean the standard generation. issue? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, okay, so Sansa goes to the base of the tower where Bran fell. Um, Ed- Miranda admires her evil dress, Sansa's evil dress, and then she takes her to the kennels where there's a surprise waiting for her at the end. Surprise, Theon! <laughs> it's really dark, so I'm just complicated this. <laughs> it's really dark, and I'm pretty sure those were dogs barking in those pens. <laughs> and then at the very end yeah, is Theon. And oh, I'm like, why, why, why this scene? What? There was, some, there was some absolutely beautiful acting from both Sophie and uh, Elfie Allen in this scene. Like there were barely any words exchanged, but man, the depth of emotion conveyed was pretty amazing. I thought, and oh god, 
The way that um that Reek shakes his head when Sansa refers to him as Theon broke my heart. Like mm-hmm. Elf yeah. Man, I'm I'm so sad he's probably never gonna get any sort of accolades or awards for his portrayal of Theon. And he deserves all the awards in my yeah, he's opinion. a standout for sure. And I'm amazed you could see all that detail in this scene. <laughs> yeah. It's like Homer like, just got tingles down her spine. She's like, lighting? Are they talking lighting? <laughs> uh, anyone else want to add anything before I go on to the next bit? No? We're good? Okay. Um, so Theon confesses to Ramsay that Sansa saw him. And Ramsay asks for his hand. And you kind of feel like something really bad is going to happen. But instead he just pats him and says, I forgive you. <laughs> well, I don't know, because, like, when I saw that scene, um, I was like, oh, my God, is are we getting, like, Ramsey? <laughs> is he going to blow him? I know, I had this I, I know. <laughs> I was like, blowjob? They're all terrible people. You're saying that <laughs> a little too gleefully, life. dramas, I must say. <laughs> How disappointed were you? <laughs> oh, oh, God. Sorry, gleeful. Are we gonna get Thramsey? Please God, please let us get some Thramsey. Do you ship Thramsey dramas? <laughs> oh! The silence is deafening. <laughs> you guys don't know, we can actually see dramas. She's on cam and she's just reviewing that question. Giggling and <laughs> shaking <hands>. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying little bit. Little bit what? <laughs> I, I have I have many ships. <laughs> Ramsey is but one of them. <laughs> Diplomatic. Well done. Okay. <laughs> some are good, yeah, some are bad, some are horrible. I wouldn't have been surprised. Would you guys have been surprised at this point? I mean, I would have oh, I no welcome the surprise, honestly. Hey. <laughs> like, I mean, hate the flyer. hate the game. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the next seat is um, that awkward dinner party that you people always seem to want. It's uh, consists of Yay. Bruce, Walda, Ramsey, and uh, Sansa. She gets to speak. She spoke. <laughs> she spoke. I'm Walda. so glad you're on this episode. Dude. <laughs> yeah. they, to- they toast to Sansa's wedding. Um, did you notice Sansa doesn't drink after the toast? Yes. Yeah. That's her little yeah. fu. Yep. Theon pours their wine. Ramsay claims he's a new man. Um, his name is Reek. And when Sansa asks what uh, we're all thinking, you know, why are you doing this, Ramsay? We get an apology from Theon slash Reek to Sansa for killing her brothers. And Ramsay is satisfied. He's able to get everyone okay with each other again. You know, and uh, again, like just like huge appreciation for Alfie Allen and for Sophie yeah, and Turner. Yeah, not just Alfie Allen, but not also Alfie, Owen, yeah. Owen Rion is. is oh, yeah. oh God, he's so good! Like his I face, know. he can do with his face. He really continues to impress me with his acting. Is he was the scene stealer? I thought for this scene, really? No, I and well, Michael Michael Hatton was really good too. He, he was, kind of grounded yeah. the scene. Yes, um, and Sophie was good. I mean, everybody. Was everybody good. was good. I, I timed it, you guys. I actually timed it when I was doing my rewatch, which took forever. And that we had 16 and a half solid minutes of Winterfell just wow. bolting around here. And this was the like... only. Yeah, sorry, go it ahead. Felt like, it felt like about 50 minutes, but it was only 50. <laughs> anyway, I, I, this was the scene that, that really made it work for me. This scene was amazing. And like, you know, the rich irony of having oh, well. Ramsey force Theon to apologize for killing two of Sansa's family members who he didn't actually kill while stupid oh, Ramsey's... I can't wait! I, I really hope, oh, I really hope that they, that they have a scene where, like, Theon finally tells her the truth that they're actually oh, alive. I, I will. I think and that she's not the last Stark. Oh, I think God. that's gonna happen very, very soon. But yeah, Chicky's right. The irony in that, oh God, the, <laughs> hey, this guy killed your siblings. He's a terrible, terrible person. And yeah, Bruce is just sitting there, you know, the guy like, behind the, uh, the death, the actual death yeah. uh, of her mother and brother. I thought that was fantastic. And, <laughs> and it could have been totally cornball. I mean, like, this could have fallen They actually completely pulled it off. And even though I called this the Snoresville in the middle of this episode, everything to do with Winterfell, like, this scene, this scene was really, really good. I really, really liked this. This was, I this was, it this was uh, a really great showcase of the act. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really liked how weird the scene was. And then 
Fat Waldo is trying to make it all normal. Like, oh, oh, you must oh, feel this. And I'm, you know, trying to be nice. And I'm just like, oh, Walda. That, that was a dumb little... move. That was such a dumb move. Oh, come on, Walda. <laughs> the strange. She's probably just appreciates that she has someone at the dinner table who's not completely Looney Tunes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, oh, and then we get that bit with Ramsey when he declares that Reek will give Sansa away at the wedding because, you know. He's the closest thing she has to family now. He's so gleeful about it. What a good idea. So gleeful. <laughs> and then Bruce has finally had enough. He's, he decides it's time to put Ramsay in his place, which, man, I, I loved Sansa's little smirk when that went down. Oh, I oh, so noticed that, yeah. too. That was yeah. great. She was, well, okay, we should say it's when Roos announces that he and Walda are gonna have a baby. And yeah, Sansa's little smile, it's I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then we, after that, we have Roos and Ramsey discussing Walda's pregnancy, and um, Ramsey is not thrilled oh, with the god. news. Oh god, oh god, this is so funny! This is so funny! Cause he, he's like, well, and he's like trying to make fun of fat Walda cause she's fat, and she's asking, he's asking, <laughs> Uh, her, his dad how he did it and he's like well I imagine you would know how I did it yeah, and I'm like yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I was not a huge I actually liked the scene very much but I was not a huge fan of the fat joke it just felt really cheap to me particularly considering that Roos is like totally into his uh, his fat wife in the book we talk about <laughs> yeah. how that's how he, she's vocal during sex and yeah. Yeah, I was really waiting for it. him to say that I was waiting for him to say well she's great in the sack or something yeah. but he didn't yeah. I was actually waiting for Roos to like stick up for her I thought that they might you know, clearly they were trying to make this a, a human moment between Ramsey and, and Roos. I mean, uh, you know, good luck. But yeah, <laughs> well, no, I thought that really helped to humanize Roos if they'd had him stand up or stick up for, for Fat Walda, and they didn't. What's interesting about like, this scene is I thought there were a couple of things going on. I mean, I think it's obviously part manipulation by Roos to kind of try and soothe Ramsey's fears of being usurped by the new baby. But I also do think, as you say, it was actually part Roos genuinely displaying some some form of emotional attachment to Ramsey, at least to the extent that he's able to do that. And <laughs> what's the way he says the fact that he does it by carefully detailing how he raped Ramsey's yeah. mother? Oh God. <laughs> was, it was actually, it was just wonderfully twisted. It was actually kind of perfect in a in a highly yeah. disturbing way. I'm I like, it's a really good scene. Yeah, was good. I'm like, oh, that that's how he shows his love. He didn't kill you at birth. After he raped his mama, yes. Well, I was having a really whiny book reader moment with this, and I'm like, this is what they include? Like, this is the book story that they managed to work into the show? <laughs> this bit about Ramsey's, like, you know, origins? And then they completely erased that he, of course, knew his mother very well. But yeah. I was just like, of course this is something that they would want to hang on to. I have to say, my my whole overall feeling with this whole Winterfell section and, and kind of the thing that bothers me the most is that they are making Theon's ordeal uh, equal to Sansa's here. Mm-hmm. And and it's funny how, like, you know, she, she goes out to the Broken Tower after the woman tells her the North remembers and everything. She goes out there, and then she's socked into Theon's world. And it's, oh, yeah. I gotta go see about Theon, and let's see how rough things are for Theon. And mm-hmm. I I don't love that this isn't just about Sansa. I mean, she's having a terrible time. <laughs> this, is, yeah. this is horrific for her. We see her tear at dinner. Um, you know, she can't hide, even though she's trying so hard to maintain, you know, this facade of, of being okay with everything. And it's just like, you know, this, this doesn't need to be about Theon or Reek, guys. Like, this could just be about Sansa or primarily about Sansa. Yeah, and, it and really was. Like it, it really was one of those scenes where, like, why are you putting this whole kennel scene in here? Like, why couldn't they just have her see him at dinner? Why, why do that? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting yeah. because I saw this post on Tumblr a few days ago where someone had laid out the reasons why this is no big deal incorporating Sansa into the story because, you know, this was a book thing and the same thing that happened to Sansa happened to Jane. But, you know, for me, Sansa's a main character in her own right and it feels like they are sort of narrowing her her own character arc for the sake of Theon's. Like, I, I feel like, what is this doing for Sansa's character arc? It, it really does feel like they're taking one of the female main characters and not really giving her her due. She's really kind of being overshadowed by what's happening to Theon. Yeah, she's in the man's Yeah, well, she's right being now. dragged back to yeah. the beginning. I mean, like, this is just pulling her back to her King's Landing 
time, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. at the mercy of people yeah. who probably want to kill her. Yeah. It was tough. But anyway, I was going to say during that, during that, uh, meal, did you notice that Ramsey did say, use the term, the North remembers? <gasps> yes, he yeah. did. Yeah. yeah which oh, is no. another reason that I think that the woman might be. I uh, noticed the plant. same thing because she's been saying it also. And it's, it sounds like perhaps that's something yeah. that she's heard from Ramsey or it's at least a little sign to people who are watching carefully that they may be in cahoots. Yeah. Because isn't this something I don't, I can't reread those chapters, but doesn't Jane say something about, um, when Ramsey goes to rescue her finally, and I think he's got a couple of the spear wives with her, mm-hmm. or not Ramsey, when Theon goes to rescue her, mm-hmm. um, she won't come. She thinks it's a trick. Yes, yes she that does Ramsey's say that. Playing on her. She does say that. So I immediately thought of that when I heard Ramsey say the North remembers. I was like, oh, God, is this yeah. just awesome sick Ramsey It's joke. funny. Yeah, it struck me too because it just sounded, it felt so jarring to hear him say that. And obviously, yes, it could be just part of his psychological warfare. But yeah, to, to hear that from him, and now we've heard it from the old woman a couple of times, yeah, to me, it indicates that perhaps that's a sign that they are working together. Yeah. Mm. And I just, it's really, it's really, you know, jarring and, and tough to watch, but at the same time, I would actually be really happy if that was what they were doing. I feel like that would be some really good storytelling if they were going that route. So I, I'm, I'm actually not, I agree, yeah. I'm not against the idea, but I kind of hope that is what they're doing. It would be I really do great. too. It would be, I mean, obviously we both thought it, but it might, it would be yeah. at least uh, a divergence from what is otherwise something that's happened before, you know, people trying to help Sandra escape from her terrible situation. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Let's move on. Um, we have, uh, well, the end of this scene is Roos. Um, he turns his attention to the battle map and they're going to war against Stannis. He's predicting. So that's the end of the scene. Uh, Gilly and Sam are hanging out in the library. <laughs> they speak of library citadels and how Sam wanted to be a maester. And, uh, he would not met, he has a sign where he says, you know, he would not have met her if he had done that. And uh, Stannis enters, Gilly leaves, Stannis speaks of Randall Tarly, um, calls him a fine soldier, the only one to beat Robert. The conversation turns to White Walkers and Dragonglass, and when he leaves, he tells Sam to keep reading. And, yeah. uh, can we can we just bring it back to the, the Sam and Gilly scene? Because they make mention of Old Town, which I'm trying to decide whether or not this is an indication that Sam and Gilly will be going to Old Town or whether it was just a nod to the book readers. Do you guys have any thoughts I on that? I feel like it's a nod. Yeah. I felt that, you know, yeah. when I first heard it, I kind of perked up. I was like, there's no way this late in the season they yeah. would send him. And I was like, yeah. no, you're right. There is no way they do it this late. This is just, yeah. Cogman wrote this episode and, you know, Cogman kind of has a reputation for trying to get into uh, the book uh, trying to yeah i guess i guess working in book stuff and i kind of feel like that probably was him just so, just giving a nod to the story they're not doing you think maybe sam might not be going but do you think they might actually show old town next season i mean in relation to to the dragon stuff there has been you know descriptions of the book about or suggestions i guess about how the maesters were actually the ones to bring down the dragons the last time um, I mean, you, this is the first, this is the first allusion we've even heard really to Old Town. Yeah, I, mean, is that, I was trying to remember. Yeah. The show? Yeah, I was, I think I maybe Kyburn has, has, other than referring to, you know, they took his chain. I don't know whether they've, yeah, yeah, yeah I don't think they've really discussed it. Yeah, I, I mean, like, honestly, from my perspective, I look at the story and I think, God, if there's anything that lifts right out, it's the whole Citadel storyline. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I, I tend to agree with you, Chicky. I think probably then that was just more a nod to the book readers, but I was curious to see what other people's takes were. Yeah, I mean, like, if you want to talk about things that got name dropped, that get name dropped all the time, um, did you notice when we worked into the Stannis and Sam scene that Randall Tarly gets another name? Yeah, drop? yeah. Every season this guy gets name dropped on the show. <laughs> He's going to rock up next season. Are we going to get some Randall Tarly, I think? (laughs) Probably not. I don't think so. Oh, God. (laughs) Only if Brienne can punch him in the face. That would be great. Yeah. (laughs) I'm on board with that. I I really like the Stannis and Sam scene. I thought it was... um, it's really kind of another way to show more of Stannis being human to me. It's something they've been doing really, really well this season. It's interesting because, you know, you look around Tumblr and, and the forums and people are saying, oh, I never really cared that much for Stannis before now, but, you know, I really love him now. So they're obviously doing a, a good job with pre- as presenting him as, as somewhat more human. Um I, I love that Stannis tells Sam that he's nothing like his father and that he doesn't look like a soldier. And you're, you're kind of expecting this to be a dig at Sam's lack of value. But then yeah. you've got Stannis 
kind of recognizing that, hey, Sam's got a different kind of worth and, and he even encar- encourages him to kind of keep on doing what keep he's reading. doing, to keep reading. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it's all done in, in Stannis's pragmatic way. And obviously Stannis is invested in gaining information about how they can kill the others. But I don't know. There was, there was like this real sweetness about his words to Sam. It, it warmed my cold whole heart. Yeah. Really. <laughs> it's kind of, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's Sam kind of promising of too Stannis that. Oh, I was going to say, it's kind of promising, too, in a way that it might set up Sam to be kind of long con, you know, like, he's telling him to keep reading, so, I don't know, it makes me feel a little safer for Sam's... Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, and I like what, I like, like, what, like, YD touched on, I like that it, you know, kind of showcased the fact that Stannis never really forgets what the real war is, and that yeah, is, you know, against the others, I mean... So, yeah. And, and also yeah. that he will, he will listen if he feels it's worthy of listening. Like, not, like, most people would probably take Sam or Davos or all these people that he has around him and would probably not listen to them at all and, and underestimate them and everything and just go, you know, forget you. Like, I don't think Joffrey would listen to if Sam came up to him and said, you know, blah, 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 you know? Yeah. But Stannis is the kind of person in his pragmatic way that he will actually take the time to listen and see whether this is this information is actually important enough to act on instead yeah, I, of just dismissing it by judging whoever it is that is giving him the information. I totally agree. I think Stannis as a king would be one to, well, we've seen it in the books and in the show, someone who is actually willing to listen and, and to, I guess, recognize that people may not be, you know, a soldier or a warrior or, you know, I guess... <laughs> that sort of standard type of person that might help you win battles, but he recognises that other people may have value, and as you say, he's, he's actually open to, to taking other advice on board. Yeah. The only thing I don't like about Stannis is the fact that he uses blood magic to kill his kin. That's not cool. And Brienne's going to have to kill him, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Was that a total divergence? about Renly, guys. <laughs> I'm just saying, if it comes down to it, Stannis or Brienne, who are you going to go with? Hmm? Don't, don't do that. I mean, obviously Brienne. Yeah, dramas might have a more that's difficult time this question. <laughs> I know, that's why I asked it. Because I'm evil. Okay. Well, <laughs> Let's go. Stannis. So, uh, we have Stannis. Uh, he tells Davos it's time, and they need to march to Winterfell before the snows arrive. He also tells Davos that Selyse and Shireen are coming with them. And, uh, you know, he's not leaving them with killers and rapists at the walls, uh, at the wall. Outside, Davos and Shireen speak of the long march to Winterfell and the battle to come. Selyse puts a stop to it and, you know, he says, you'll scare her. Shireen tells Davos she isn't scared. I love that. She's like, don't scare the child with your talk of battle. Letting her watch men bur- being burnt alive is where I draw the line, Stannis. <laughs> that made no sense. You're absolutely right. <laughs> uh, it kind of makes me nervous. It kind of makes me nervous that Melisandre is leaving with Stannis because in the book she stays at the wall with Jon Snow. Yeah, doesn't she have to resurrect Jon? I mean, come on. And yeah, like, I mean, they're really good at troll show watchers. It's well, like, Actually, it's interesting because I saw a brief interview with Carice Van Houten the other day in which she seemed to indicate that Melisandre and John have another big scene together this yeah. season. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, huh. I'm not sure if she turns back. Hmm. Maybe she just changes her mind instead. Maybe she, yeah, she turns, yeah, she... I, I think, you know, that, that, that interview was going around this week, but that actually is a few weeks old. We saw that a few weeks ago. Yeah, but she did... And so I- she meant yeah, she, after, well, she says season four. I think she meant episode four. It was difficult to tell. I'm not saying it's Yeah, it was difficult to tell, yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know that she didn't just mean this, but yeah, it's, it's, she could very well turn back to the wall. It kind of would make you wonder why she would ever leave it to begin with, but yeah, it's definitely, I read a theory. I don't know if you guys want to hear it. Yeah, go for it. What is it? About, about, well, I mean, it's horrific. Burning of Shireen, because I'm really worried for Shireen. Of course, it involves oh, the burning of Shireen. Oh, God. Okay, so no. Stannis dies somehow. I think the theory said that Brienne killed Stannis, but I don't know. Stannis oh, dies. Like I just realized I read this theory. Yes, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So Stannis dies, and Mel 
burns Shireen to bring him back, but the way that she words the spell is to bring back basically the Azor High character or whatever. Mm-hmm. And John that back. instead of White Stannis reawakening, we see John reawaken at the wall, who's been stabbed. And I've got to say but... that I don't know if it will happen, but I love that theory. I mean, other than no! the other than the that would actually be How like, dare you? I'm sorry. Leave Kevin. my little baby stag princess alone. I'll see myself it's out. You know, the show has completely, the show has completely dropped anything to do with Azor High. Like, we just watched season two, and they definitely were talking Azor High and Lightbringer in season two, and yet there's just nothing about it. Like, we haven't seen anything of they Lightbringer. Or at the it soon if it's to come into Yeah, I, I don't but know. But I, I don't think, it, I don't know. I mean, I, I like the theory. I don't think it's going to happen, really. <laughs> in all honesty, we assume that Melisandre is going to help bring Dawn back, but none of us really know no. what's going to happen. We don't even know for sure that John is actually dead. Well, well, don't don't, don't they kind of talk about a savior, though, in, was it episode three or four, when Tyrion is watching that other red priestess? Yeah, but I thought with the way that they were talking, they were talking about Danny. Yeah, I think they were talking about dance. Yeah, yeah they, they were. Dance but well. they did call the her, like, this, of... the savior. Oh, maybe. I don't know that that was a reference to Azora High. Oh. I did want to ask yeah. you guys, remember the... The season, the second, uh, season five trailer that we got that has that image of, uh, Celise on her knees in the snow and she looks very yes. distraught. I don't know. I mean, that could play in there if Stannis has died. Um, but I also wonder, I still wonder if maybe Celise herself is going to try and burn Shireen or be in cahoots with Mel. Oh, no, don't say that. I don't know. Yeah. I don't yeah, the, the show has such terrible characterization of yeah, they really do. No one is worse than Cogman either. I blame Cogman for this whole thing. They're mess, really but... portraying Felice as someone who hates him. Yeah. It's not the case yeah. in the books. No. I mean, in the books, Felice is a weird character. cares. But she, yeah, she, she loves her daughter. In yeah, her weird way. In her weird way. Well, as much as Stannis does. She cares exactly. as much about yeah, Felice as Stannis. Yeah, this, uh, it's tough. It's true. She doesn't have a, to me, a strong characterization in the book. I mean, obviously she's not a point of view and we don't get a huge amount of information about Celeste. But one thing I do know is, yes, she loves her daughter as much as that is. Yeah, she she's definitely a zealot and she's yeah. not great socially. And, you know, like some of this stuff is right, but, you yeah. know, like the, the baby fetuses and the jars and that all was, of this yeah. Shireen hatred are just, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. <sighs> okay. So, uh, just to wrap up the end of this scene, we have, um, an exchange with, uh, Stannis, uh, with John, and uh, he kind of just makes this little quip that he wants his ships back, because I guess he's giving him those ships to go to hard home, and John wishes Stannis a safe journey, and then thanks him, and Stannis marches on to Winterfell, and that's the end of that. I'm and then they make out. I was about to say, I'm really sad. <laughs> I'm really sad that didn't make out at the end of that scene. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, kiss. Oh, <laughs> Drama's totally, oh, totally on board. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Stannis and John make out with Melisandre and Davos jealously watching me in the background. <laughs> oh, no, no. I almost <laughs> thought she was going to say they join in. I'm like, okay, I got to cut this off. This is a little... <laughs> it's awesome. I, I would say be happy with that. This goes beyond our usual <laughs> depravity. Anyway, uh, Grey Worm wakes up. So yeah, Grey Worm, yeah, he's alive. Um, he's been out for three days. He tells Miss Sandy um, that when the knife went in, he was afraid he'd never see her again. And they kiss. You guys feeling this scene? Did it get you in your warm fuzzies? Yay! Yeah, it's cute. Yes. Uh, it was a nice little counterbalance to all the <laughs> disturbing Bolton stuff we got this episode. <laughs> I, look, I do have to wonder if we have time for this love story right now. Like, this was a pretty slow-moving ep. It would have been nice to, I don't know, at least for me, if they use this time to perhaps propel another one of the stories forward a little more. I mean, it was weird we didn't get any aria in this episode. Yes! I, I was yeah. gonna, that was gonna be one of my, my, uh, negatives about this. I was well, What are they going to do? She's on to washing windows now? Like <laughs> It's been two episodes. It's just two episodes. On, <laughs> She's on to toilets, you know, like yeah. what are they going to do with her? <laughs> two episodes without Arya now. I mean, I know she's in the next episode, so and I I think 
well, I don't know what happens. It sounds like something's going down at least. But, yeah, it would have been, you know, I don't mind. I like the love story. I've always been a fan of the love story. It just felt a little bit, it even it slowed down the episode even more than what the episode <laughs> was to me. Yeah, it was a slow I don't slow know, I feel one. like the next scene slowed it down even more. <laughs> it just gets worse from here. Oh, God, it does. I'd, I'd rather have this scene. I yeah, mean, I wish they'd cut the Miss Sandy and Danny scene, to be honest. Yeah, that's that's what's next. And Danny and Miss Sandy, and uh, she asks her for her opinion on what she would do. And uh, she basically tells her to look within. <laughs> she goes, uh, then we see Danny goes to um, the dungeons and basically, I guess, proposes to his dark, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> God, it was, it was, that is the, one of the weirdest proposals. Well. Something to tell the kids. Something to tell the kids. <laughs> and he didn't seem thrilled. Well, like, when Daddy was on his knees, and Mommy had him in jail, when <laughs> <laughs> Mommy had threatened to have him fed to her dragons and burnt alive. Yeah, look, I, I did say earlier that I had some issues with Danny and the writing for Danny in this episode, and this is mostly where it comes into it. I. In a way, I prefer them portraying Danny as this more confident, take charge person over the vacillating Danny of the books. Like I, that sort of wishy-washiness in the books, should I, shouldn't I, kind of really started grating on me after a while. And it sort of makes sense in a weird way because she's a little bit older in the show. Um, so yeah, to see her actually be the one to decide um to marry his star for peace, presumably. Um kind of makes sense. The thing that didn't really make sense is there was kind of barely any transition between Danny being vehemently opposed to reopening the fighting pits to Danny then deciding they should be reopened, as well as deciding to marry his star. Like other than that yeah. other than that brief yeah. scene with Miss Soundy, which was odd in itself. <laughs> Um, there was no real setup for the for Danny's change of heart, and you know, as a book reader, I can connect the dots um, because I know why she's doing it in the books. But yeah, I feel like the show only viewers may have a hard time putting this together. It just felt a little bit jarring, and yeah, like I yeah. said before, to me, it feels like the writers have this list of events from the books that they want to include in the show, and they're kind of just methodically ticking them off without worrying too much about how they fit into the existing storyline or or the existing characterization. No, yeah, they just got a plan I, I and they just exactly Go ahead. Maybe they do. I I feel exactly the same way. Whitey, I I don't understand where she came up with the idea even to marry his dar as a solution to this. I mean, why would she even think that was We haven't seen anything in the show that would indicate that that's a solution uh, that I have felt that we've seen anyway. Yeah. I mean, and there hasn't I, I don't... been any like significant I guess interaction with his daughter. He's only been in a few scenes. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I, sure I she was. She I, was in a meeting with his daughter when Barristan and, and Grey Worm were attacked, and when Barristan died. And so they kind of set it up a little bit. I thought maybe, you know, with last week's episode, they were maybe setting it up for for his daughter to be. You know, I mean, I suspect that he's at least highly involved with the Sons of the Harpy since he mm-hmm. manages to stop the attacks in the book. Um, I don't know that he is the harpy um, itself, but and also he's presumably behind the the poisoning of uh, the maybe lobby. yeah maybe he could be could be someone um, it could be someone else but I, I I just I felt like it was just left field and you know I, I don't know I haven't really looked to see what general unsullied reaction has been maybe they're fine with it and they're rolling with it I don't know my unsullied is has been a huge Danny fan until this season. Oh my god! And has been <laughs> Get really Get out. really turning on Danny and on Tyrion. Actually, he's he's sick of both their storylines. Well, that's, which that's I, what happened to everyone. That's what happened to everyone when they read Dan. So at least yep. the show is like, yeah. But I finally catch it up. That connected to to Danny. Like I feel like maybe they're failing to hold the connection. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's. I'd love to hear a, an unsullied Danny fan's um, really thought out opinion well, on I it. I can probably put forward my unsullied's opinion, who is a Danny fan, um, and I think that he was. Well, I mean, he was confused. I think the response I heard was, "Oh, when when she asked him to he start to marry her, like I think it was just surprise." So yeah, I don't think that they. They they have that yeah they don't have to set up they don't understand exactly why she would ask I mean yeah. I'm assuming that Danny will give some sort of explanation in the next episode, um, but it's it's the dark not a good 
Yeah, well, it's not yeah. a... Well, yeah, he's going to be pissed. Um, but it's not a good way for the show to approach these issues, to to sort of present a story um, that is confusing, perhaps confusing to viewers, and then wait yeah. till, you know, future episodes to then explain it. I feel like we really do need that setup. They're not giving us the setup to to properly incorporate these plot lines into the existing story. Yeah, particularly with this and with the John to going to hard home thing. Yes. Just this episode had these two really glaring issues where it's just like, you're not setting this up well. And mm-hmm. the other thing, you kind of touched on it, and this come, harkens back to Amelia's acting. Um, You know, you talked about the vacillating that she does in the books, YD, mm-hmm. and I can't tell, are they trying to show that vacillating and Amelia is completely failing to project yeah. it? because. She does have this talk with Miss Sandy yes. where she's like, you know, what should I do? I don't know what to do. You know, I, Barrison's gone. Who do I ask and everything, which almost feels like that was a moment for her to be having those questioning moments. And <laughs> when you look at Amelia's face, you're just not getting any no. of that. So I don't really know. I don't, I don't know if, if this is just a failure to convey what they intended. It, it's, it's Honestly, really tough. I think the writing is, is just not fantastic. I mean, yeah. I'm not going to comment too much about Amelia's acting. I, again, I, I don't think it's fantastic either, but I just think, yes, it's, it's a failure on the part of the writers to actually provide enough context and, and set up and the proper transitions for this story to flow yeah. properly and to make sense. Well, and as Amelia, you said, as book readers, we can fill in some gaps, but. I was you know. say, is Amelia a book reader? Does anyone know? Uh, I don't know yeah. about Amelia, actually. Because she should be. I don't know. I don't even know. Okay, sorry. I kind of just put the brakes on everything. Sorry about that. <laughs> anyway. No, I mean, it's, it's a valid question. I mean, you know, we know some of the actors have read the books. And in my opinion, honestly, the, the most of the actors that give the best portrayals of their characters have read the books, like yep. Nikolai. Yep. And so, yeah, uh, Gwendolyn. Yeah. I bet you Alfie has. I bet you he has. Mm. Yes, he has. He has, yeah. Read the books, kids. Anyway, so Tyrion <laughs> awakes on a boat. Uh, he has a hankering for some wine. Um, there is none. Tyrion realizes they are going to sail through old Valeria, and then we get a bit of history about the Valerians, and then they start reciting poetry to each other. Tyrion is impressed <laughs> with Mormont. It's so romantic, you guys. <laughs> it really like, is. He kidnapped me, put me on a boat. Now we're just... <laughs> Reciting poetry no to each Dramas other. Is writing, Dramas is writing that Jorah Tyrion fan <laughs> If only they had the wine, things might have went somewhere. <laughs> so we see Chirogan and he's flying overhead. And, uh, and then we hear the splash and it's stone men. And they're attacking oh them. Jorah fights them on the boat. Tyrion jumps overboard rather than risk being touched by one. Uh, he starts sinking, and, you know, they kind of give us a bit of a fake the out. The screen goes black. Gosh, yep. that was off. But, look, yeah. we may not be getting Lady Stoneheart, but at least we'll have Jorah Stone Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Chicky called yeah. it. Chicky wanna... called it. True. Yeah, um, I, I was going to say, I think a lot of people called it. I saw a lot of that on the message boards, and I was, yeah. I was, I told, I actually said to Chicky, I don't know, a week or so ago, that I was convinced that Jorah would be contracting Grayscale. You know what I'm wondering, though, is is this going to be the Pale Man equivalent? Because That's we what I was saying this- last week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's I think what so. I'm thinking. Like, we were discussing it before, and I'm just not sh- Yeah, I'm just not sure now. It's- I Yeah, I think Grayscale has more to do with Westeros than it does anything yeah. in Marine or Essos, so I, I think it's about going to Westeros. I mean, we've seen the spoiler picks. We know that Jorah is at the at Daznak's pit, and why give him Grayscale if you're just going to kill him at the end of the season? He's obviously going to go to Westeros with Danny. Yeah. So um, I think it's about Westeros. I think there's going to be a Grayscale outbreak in I Westeros. Mean, I don't think we actually need the Pale Mare in Marine. I don't think. I think oh, that's something that lifts no. out of the story. So yeah. yeah. I mean, I've. Um, oh, go ahead, Jonas. One thing I, that I wanted to talk about the scene is, um, Mr. Dramas. He's unsullied. So um, when he was seeing Drogon. When he flew by, what he took it as was, oh, Drogon's going back to, like, the home of the dragons because the Valyrians were the ones that tamed the dragons first. 
So oh. he was like, does that does that mean Drogon's going back to like his homeland? Ooh. And he, oh. he's traveling back and and I was That's like, That's actually you know, pretty good. I I never had actually thought about that, but you know, you might have a point. Because, you know, that is their natural you know, home. where the old dragon yeah, masters yeah, yeah. were. Like you know, birds and butterflies who's migrating. To yeah. kind of run with that, I oh, wonder I if they will have Valyria be the stand in for the Dothraki Sea Maybe. when mm. Danny flies off on Drogon. Mm. That could be. Oh. Oh. That would be interesting, be. actually. Yeah. Good, good, man. good catch, Mr. Dramas. Oh, God. <laughs> I really want some Dothraki you know, back in the was... story, though. I hope they don't do that. I'd love to see some Dothraki again. <laughs> yeah. Jesus, I just want Jason Momoa back. Yeah. Resurrected that guy. We all do. Oh, we he's so fight. hot. He's so fucking hot. <laughs> you know, um, it's, it's funny. This 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 scene was clearly meant to be a set piece, and and I, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if it was just my mood. It just didn't strike me as terribly gripping. I mean, it was like, oh yeah, the guys fell in the boat, and it was like, oh, but you know, like you know that they were going to survive, and you pretty quickly figured out, yes, Jorah's going to be John Con. So it's just kind of like a, I don't know, this didn't was, have the big climax yeah. feeling for me personally. It, it was underwhelming. It was not moment they intended. Yeah, well, it was really because, underwhelming. Honestly, I feel like it's because most of us predicted that this is what was going to happen. Sorry. Yeah. Like I said, yeah. lack of surprises this season. Um, yeah. It was, it was also oh. weird that they're just kind of, I don't know, it, it didn't seem logical, a lot of the stuff that happened in the scene. Like, what are they doing? They're, like, canoeing into Valyria, which is... <laughs> yeah. And was anybody else waiting for Tyrion to bring up Jerrion? I, I was like, bring up Uncle Jerrion, bring up Uncle Jerrion. Yeah, I know! It would have been perfect! Maybe they'll find Benjen, too. I didn't think that, <laughs> but now I'm mad I didn't. Dibs. <laughs> Jorah arrives back in Marine and presents Jerrion and Benjen to Daddy, and it's beautiful. Oh. But it, it was funny too, like they didn't have the red sky. I was like, you're talking about yeah. the, you know, volcanic yeah. action and the smoking sea. Where's the red sea? You know, he's just like, yeah, there was, I there don't really know. was, I mean, the smoking sea was just, ba- just kind of barely, like it was just kind of, yeah. it's kind of misty. Like, oh, it's just a little misty. <laughs> yeah. A bit of humidity. <laughs> I, I, I think, oh, sorry, dry ice. You know, despite <laughs> it not looking anything like the way that we think it's supposed to look like, like the way yeah. it's described in the books, I actually thought it was really beautiful. Um, I think they were kind of going for like a, maybe a Roman type look, because you know, they've got the aqueducts and I don't know, it kind of makes sense because Valyria is also supposed to be this huge empire that had a big Roman empire. So I can sort of see what they were going, but yeah, it didn't look really anything like the way it's described in the books, but I thought it was beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, I think that brings yeah. us to the end of the episode. It was kind of, it fell flat though, eh? I, I would say I yeah. dislike this one the most but, so far this season. Yeah, yeah. This, it was a little yeah. slow, and yeah, I was a bit confused by some of the choices in terms of the writing and and the acting. But you know, there were still some good parts in there. There were some good parts. I mean, you expect a lull. There's always a lull every season, and and I guess this was it. Yeah. Let's hope this is it. And what a lull it was. <laughs> it was a lull. Let's hope this is it. <laughs> I'm hoping. I'm hoping that we're back to the movement of story that we've been experiencing uh, next episode. I just feel like there just wasn't quite the story movement um, with this one that there has been. But oh. hopefully, hopefully we're getting there. Let's be optimistic. Yeah, uh, I'm interested to see what the. Oh well, no, we did see what the ratings were. What am I talking about? The ratings were a little low again. A little lower. Yeah. Proving that the leaks were not the issue with the ratings this season. That so. sucks. Yikes. I mean, they're fine. They're great ratings. They're I mean, still like, good, I've, yeah. They've killed for these ratings. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're just, they're just a little bit... There's a lull in the ratings. <laughs> There's a lull in everything. There's a lull all over. It's a lull. Oh, all right. Well, let's um start wrapping things up. Maybe we can do some thank yous. Eon, do you have those for us? I do. Um, our first one is from alias SD6. <clears throat> and she says, I listened to the... Le- the last episode on the plane ride back home I had to keep from squealing out loud when you guys were discussing the Tarthgasm slash hard eyes scene. Thanks for keeping me entertained, ladies. It was another great episode. Oh, thanks, Alias. Thanks, Alias. I assume that's when YD yelled out, hard eyes, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> to my dying day, Lord. <laughs> 
Let's see. We have an Anon that says, hi, I'm a new fan of JB and stumbled across the podcast. It was really fun to hear you guys talk about the show as well as the books. I'm not particularly good at reading lengthy books, so I really appreciate you guys summarizing Jamie and Rianne's chapters. Ha ha. And um, they do have a question, and we'll just save that for a later episode since we do have a, several other thank yous. For yeah, me we're banking through, them. But thank, yes, we're going to bank that question for you, Anon. Thanks, Anon. But thank you. And we have another thank Anon you. that says, I'm so happy that the fourth episode of Game of Thrones has played live so that I could finally listen to your podcast again without worrying about spoilers. It was a struggle to keep myself from torrenting them, but I'm excited to finally catch up. Aww. Hope you ladies are enjoying the season so far. Can't wait to listen. We, we were are. up until this one. <laughs> I admire your self-control there, Anon. Yeah. Good job. Right. <laughs> Thank Good for you. you. We have one from um, Jamie Lee. And she says, hey, guys, I listened to the podcast for the first time ever. I know I'm so behind. And I love, love, loved it. Thanks so much for taking the time to do them. Oh, that's so sweet. Taking the time to listen and to write as well. Is is it bad that my first response is incredulity that she hasn't listened to us yet? (laughs) (laughs) It is, isn't it? Amazing. Thanks. Thanks for catching up. Thank you. Thank you, Jamie. Thanks. And last, we have an iTunes review um, from Starkid08, and it says horse metaphors. <laughs> we got five a five star rating on it, and it says an absolute <laughs> an absolutely great podcast. If you love the show and the books, in depth analysis of the show on its portrayal of the books, the characters, and even some technical aspects that really shine in the show when it does. Love the analysis of the Jamie and Rian chapters too. Heard about y'all from Radio Westeros. These Woo-hoo. podcasts have been making my days for the past few weeks. I've been listening to all of them at work from the beginning, really enjoying your take on the new ep- new season five episodes, though I am really upset at how Barristan went out. Hmm. These yes. episodes are making my Mondays more enjoyable. And they do have a question, and we're going to bank that one also for a later time. Sounds good. Thank but, you so much for that review. Yes. That was really nice. Thanks so much for the review. We love yeah. reviews, you guys. That was yes. awesome. Thank you. And that's it? That's it. Okay. Thank that's you, everybody. Um, if you want to send us Yay. a message, you can um, through several venues. Uh, we have close the door at gmail.com. We have close the door and come here.tumblr.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at door podcast. Please like and review us on iTunes and support us on Patreon. Um, we are at uh, www.patreon.com backslash close the door. And we already have our first, um, I guess I, <laughs> a plan to do a Patreon exclusive episode. Thanks to <laughs> Wonkins who has graciously stepped up to be our dungeon master. We've gone full nerds, ladies. We've gone full Hang nerds. On, can you please explain <laughs> that this is an RPG thing? Because just saying Wonkins is going to be our dungeon master. No, no, no. Leave it. Leave it. Just assume it's our right. dungeon master. It's perfect. Leave it. We might get more patrons that way. <laughs> it's also going to be televised. <laughs> So if you want to see that hot action, <laughs> I told you where that link can be Wait, found. We, so we're going, we're going to New Orleans for this, right? Yeah, right, yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> good debauchery happens, but of course. <laughs> and oh, we're up to four patrons now from. So that's one up. Anyway, oh, thank you, you so guys. Much, are guys. awesome. We love you. Yeah, that's so awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. Hey. Anyway, thanks so much for podcasting. Good chat. Thanks everybody. for moderating. And thanks, thanks for dramas moderating. for guesting. You always yes. Thanks awesome. always to dramas. We're so happy she got on with an episode where Walda got to talk. Me That's too! Perfect. It was so good. It was so great to see that much <laughs> so enthusiasm happy. about creepy shit. And I am glad, <laughs> I am glad that none of Jama's old dudes died in this episode. 
Yeah, that would have been. They just got grayscale. About Stannis dying. And this. Yeah, and the one has grayscale. <laughs> they just got a terminal illness. I can. All I could say is, how dare you make me have to choose between Brienne and Stannis? <laughs> <laughs> just think about it, young lady. Just think about it. <laughs> I want a 500-word essay by this time next week. Okay. <laughs> I love you guys. All right. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Bye.